It's a privilege to bring this evening's message. I first met Aaron and Laura when they came to National Assessment Weekend and uh, they acquitted themselves well, so it's a real thrill to be able to speak at Aaron's ordination and induction tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Fathers, we come to your word. We pray that you will open up your truths to us afresh. Soften our hard hearts and open our deaf ears to see and to hear your word afresh. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now it's God's will to set aside, to call, to commission certain people to certain tasks. We see this all through the Bible with Noah building an ark, Moses leading Israel out of slavery and Paul taking the gospel to the Gentiles. This setting aside certain people for certain tasks continues through church history with the likes of Luther and Calvin and Knox, with missionaries like St. Patrick, William Carey, Hudson Taylor and evangelists like Dwight Moody and Billy Graham. And I could go on. And these are just the high flyers, the famous, the heroes of our faith. But God sets aside the less well-known just as much, including every humble congregational minister and priest. And so as we come to ordained and induct Aaron to the ministry of word and sacrament, this evening we're going to open the Bible to look at two commissionings, one in the Old Testament, another in the New, the commissioning of Jeremiah and the commissioning of the Twelve. And from these we'll draw some very practical implications, not only for Aaron but for us who are Christ followers. So let's dive in and start at the first of the two commissionings, the call of Jeremiah, starting at Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me. Now straight away with this commissioning, we see that Jeremiah is being set aside by God. It's his initiative. It's not Jeremiah's. For Jeremiah says, the word of the Lord came to me. God's call is God's initiative. So likewise today, for some people while reading God's word or listening to a sermon, they feel stirred. A seed takes root and the possibility of something more for God opens up. For others who hear God's call, he uses, God uses his body, the church, to speak. So our youth group leader asks us to bring a devotion. An elder asks us to lead a home group. A minister asks us to preach. And as we do so, as we are obedient, we're stirred and the flicker of a dream begins as the word of the Lord comes to us in many and different ways. But often as we dare to imagine wonderful things for God, we hesitate, we back off, just like Jeremiah uh, chapter 1 verse 6. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. So out come our excuses, Ah, excuses like I'm not worthy, I'm so new in the faith, I've so much to learn, look at how wonderful others are at this, what will my family and friends think, and I have other plans Lord. And this questioning is good and natural and a guard against our pride and hubris, and in many respects the sentiment is true, indeed who am I, who are any of us? to be considered worthy of speaking God's words, of preaching, of teaching, of expounding scripture? Who are we to shepherd and lead God's people? And these questions are an important part of our discerning, and it's a time not to be rushed, 
to time to pray, to ponder and to wait, to time to seek out a mentor, someone like a minister or an elder, a godly family member or a good Christian friend, to help us discern whether we're hearing God's voice amongst the many. During this time, the nudges and the insights and the dance of circumstances start to come together and at last the fog clears, well at least for the next step. And then it's time to hear these words, verse 7 and 8. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 1, 7 and 8. Notice God is laying out an agreement here. It's a contract, if you will, a contract with five clauses. Three for Jeremiah to sign off on and two for God. First, Jeremiah is to go. To go. Not to stay in whatever comfort zone he's happy with, but to go, to stretch and to trust. That's the first thing. The next is he must say whatever I command you. Verse 7. He must speak God's word, not the word that Jeremiah wants to speak and not the word the people want to hear, but God's word. And thirdly, God commands Jeremiah, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid. And it pays to pause for a bit on this third clause. Do not be afraid. Surely if God calls us, sets us aside, it will be plain sailing, a clear path. Everything will fall into place and everyone will think we're wonderful. Surely this is what it means to be called. (laughs) But let me ask you, has anyone here had that experience of following God but never having occasion to fear? Of course not. (laughs) Be under no illusion. Following God's call brings us into confrontation. Confrontation with the world, the devil and our own fallen nation. And so anyone and everyone who follows God will at times have cause to fear. And when we do, That's when God's two clauses kick in. You see, we are to go, we are to speak God's word, we're not to be afraid, because God says, verse 8, For I am with you and will rescue you. And these are the two clauses that God signs off when he calls people to follow him. So this, this then is the contract. It's God saying, Jeremiah, for your part, you will go, you will speak my words, you will not fear. For my part, I will be with you, I will rescue you. (laughs) What an awesome arrangement. One Aaron and God will be signing off very soon. And let's see how this contract plays out. Verse 9. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. Verse 11. Then the word of the Lord came to me. From that moment, Jeremiah was on his way. He was commissioned, set aside by God, set aside at God's initiative, and the initial doubts and concerns were worked through, and then there was a signing off on these five clauses. Jeremiah was to go, to speak God's word and not fear, while God would always be with him and rescue him. This is the foundation for Aaron's call today. Though, Aaron, we pray that your ministry will be 
a lot less gloomy than Jeremiah's. And so with this mindset, let's turn to our New Testament example, the commissioning of the Twelve, where we'll see a similar focus reinforced. We start off with Mark chapter 6, and it's verses 6 and 7. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Verse 7, calling the twelve to him, he set them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. And with this commissioning of the twelve, we see, again, the initiative is from God and not from the disciples. The disciples did not put their hand up and say, Lord, um, we're ready, let's go, we we want some action. No, just like the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, so Jesus sent them out with instructions. And what were they to do? Well, they were to speak God's word, just like Jeremiah, speak God's word. Verse 12 of Mark 6. They, that's the 12, went out and preached that people should repent. And also, not only were they to go, not only were they to speak God's word, but they were not to be afraid, which is one of the reasons why Jesus gave them authority over demons. See the pattern? similar to Jeremiah's, go speak God's word and do not fear. And there's another couple of principles in this passage that are implied in Jeremiah that are clearer here. And we're going to just draw out these two principles. And in many respects, they answer two questions. Aaron, as minister of word and sacrament, where does your authority lie and what is your core business? So, authority. As Aaron stands before the congregation, where will his authority lie? Is it in the framed degrees and diplomas hanging on his office wall? Or will his authority lie in the fact that presbytery has laid hands on him in a solemn ceremony? Well, no, for even the best of Bible colleges and theological seminaries only tell us whether the graduate has completed a course and to what level. Also, the final step of laying on in hands is not giving authority to a minister, but recognising the call that's already there. You see, what is clear in our Mark passage is authority is a conferred authority. It is given by Christ himself, not by any other person or by an organisation. Verse 7, calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority not KCML, not the denomination PCANZ. No, Aaron hasn't earned authority through theological studies or by going through denominational hoops. It is conferred by Jesus and recognised and blessed at tonight's ordination and induction. Now this is a humble authority. It's not a power-wielding authority. It is Christ-like. And let me show you one of the way it works out on every Sunday. In many churches, the preaching is introduced by Bible readings. It's so common we don't even think about it. But a lay person comes to the front and reads one or more Bible passages. Then the preacher comes and stands up under the word just read. He or she is responsible to be faithful to this word, not their own word, not the word that the people want to hear, but the God's word that has just being read and the preacher's authority is based on this word and I love the imagery of a lay person 
Maybe it's someone new in the faith. Maybe it's one of the teenagers in the congregation. Maybe it's an older person who has followed Christ for decades. Anyway, they stand and they read God's word. And with the text still lingering in the air, the preacher is called to be faithful to the word just spoken by the person representing the congregation. See this lovely, gentle dynamic between the congregation and the preacher as they both submit to God's word. So an answer to where does minister's authority come from? The answer is it is given by Christ, not a theological college or denomination, and that authority is maintained as the one called remains faithful to do what Jeremiah and the Twelve did, to speak God's words. So authority. But this passage in Mark also tells us our core business, our focus, what we are to spend most of our time doing. Listen to verse 12 of Mark 6. They went out and preached that people should repent. Driving out demons, anointing the sick, was secondary. They were to preach that people should repent. And this is picked up in the parallel passage in Luke chapter 9. And so Luke uh, is describing the same commissioning. And he says in verse 2, And Jesus sent them out to preach the kingdom. And in verse 6 of Luke chapter 9, So they set out and from village to village they preached the gospel. So notice the emphasis both in Mark and Luke, and we could go to Matthew as well, but on the core business, emphasis on a core business, it's to preach. All three verses make it clear that preaching is central. And what are we to preach? Preach the gospel, preach repentance, preach the kingdom. And this was exactly Jesus' core business. For in the first words Jesus speaks in Mark's gospel, he lays out his mandate, his priority. It's clear and concise and to the point. And so we read in Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. So as Jesus has been doing all through his ministry, preaching, kingdom of God, repentance. So he commissions the twelve to do the same. And so Aaron is commissioned today to do the same. To preach the gospel, to preach repentance, to preach the kingdom. But this comes with a caution. The church, the wider church in New Zealand, I believe is in danger of losing its way. Uh, Last weekend, our church in Cromwell, we hosted Rob Reynolds, the New Zealand director of SIM. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that uh, uh, wonderful mission organisation. As director, he has, and he goes around the country and talks to people and and has this sort of big picture. And he talked uh, about a survey recently conducted through New Zealand indicating a crisis in confidence in the gospel. You see, in a lot of churches, there's confidence with mercy ministries. So it's churches are confident with food banks and offering parenting courses and helping with social housing and and family support programs, but there appears to be very little confidence in the gospel with its call to repent 
and believe the good news, it's almost like churches in New Zealand are becoming embarrassed to challenge and invite people into a personal saving relationship with Jesus. Now, of course, we need both. We do need mercy ministries, community-facing ministries, but we also need to remember that our core business is to proclaim Christ, to proclaim the gospel and repentance in the kingdom of God. So there's a, there's a challenge for us all to remain focused, to keep the main thing the main thing. So let's pull all this together. Aaron, your confidence as you take on the adventure of ordained ministry and in particular establishing a new gospel work in here in Haria, your confidence is that Christ has called you, not KMCL, not PCANZ, not the denomination, but Christ has called you. Today we recognise this and we celebrate your call and we pray a blessing on it. It's the call of Christ. And it's a call for you to do three things, to go. (laughs) And here you are, you're being obedient to that first step. You're here. So it's also a call to speak God's word and not to fear. And for God's part, he promises to be with you and to rescue you. What more can you ask? His presence and his promise. And also from Mark, we're reminded that your authority, Aaron, lies with this call of Christ and will remain with you as you humbly submit and boldly declare God's word. And to the degree that you keep the main thing the main thing, confidently declaring the gospel, confidently declaring God's kingdom and the message of repentance, to the degree that you remain faithful to this central core, your ministry will thrive in this place. I, for one, am excited by what God's going to do in your ministry and in God's plan for this community. Let's pray.